Welcome to Odd Topsy Podcast. For <laughs> me. Michaela. <laughs> and this hoochie ho are going to talk about everything true crime. Oh, shoot. I should have picked a different Horror. name. And Supernatural. We're going to dissect everything. <laughs> like they do in autopsies. That's why we're odd. Topsy. Yes, okay. I, I think I think I'll understand <laughs> that we're odd topsy and we're dissecting true crime, <laughs> horror movies, and supernatural phenomena. Okay. Today we are gonna talk about Cameron Todd Willingham. A man that some people believe was wrongly convicted and wrongfully executed. Mm -hmm. This is going to be... <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, you're making me nervous. <clears throat> Girl, we're already starting off on a bad note. It's fine. Um, some people still believe that he committed this horrible thing that happened. But there are a lot of people that don't believe and never believed... That he did it. And we're going to start the story off with his last words <clears throat> before he was executed. The only statement I want to make is that I am an innocent man convicted of a crime I did not commit. On December 23rd of 91, he woke up to um, smoke in his home and a fire, obviously. Uh, but the fire wasn't the thing that woke him up. It was his oldest daughter, Amber Louise. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name. It's K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. -L. I don't want to mispronounce it. <clears throat> and she was two years at the time, but she was yelling for him. He got up and immediately he ran to what was going on and as soon as he got up and left his room that's when he saw like smoke and realized that there was a fire um the fire was quickly moving filling the house with flames and smoke and as he's walking over to his daughter's room to try and save them because he has amber again two years old and they had two twins carmen and cameron were both a year old <clears throat> um, eventually the fire got a little too much for him and he said that he could felt himself um, he could feel himself mm -hmm. uh, starting to pass out from the smoke, smoke inhalation <clears throat> so he ran outside and while there's still a fire going inside um, one of his neighbors a little girl who lived a couple of houses down named Buffy Barbie, who was 11. She was in her backyard at the time, and she smelt smoke, which this is a difference from in the movie, because in the movie it's portrayed that she was in her front yard and they lived across the street. But she lived a couple houses down. She was in her backyard. Um, she smelt the smoke, and then she immediately ran inside to tell her mom. 
and they both ran to the front of their house and down the street and then they saw the house like just getting engulfed with the flames and by the time they got there Cameron Todd Willingham was outside and he yelled at Diane to go call the fire department and this site that Diane saw just completely changed his life forever. Don't judge me. Okay. Nah, I'm just saying. He hurt his daughter that was two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where was she? So, <clears throat> um, I looked up, like, the house plan. Mm-hmm. And if you walk into the porch um, and into the house, on the left-hand side is the little girl's room. As soon as you walk in and go to the left, and then the living room is on the right, keep going down the hallway, right past their bedroom on the left is the bathroom, and then across from the bathroom is his bedroom, which is where he was sleeping, and then their bedroom is where he assumed all three of them were, but at the time, he was yelling, he's like, my babies are burning up, because he he said that it was way too hot and he couldn't see anything. And again, he said that he was like about to pass out. So he was screaming for help. And then while he waited for them to call the fire department, he said that he found a stick and tried to break the window into the girls' room. But after he did that, flames bursted out towards him. And he had tried another window and just failed again. And as soon as he got back to the front, he was yelling again that his, he was like, my babies, my babies, they're burning up. And obviously he's like hysterical. Uh-huh. He dropped to the ground and a witness states that Cameron had seemed to block the fire out of his mind. And I quote. And when Diane returned, she could feel the heat of the house. Um, according to her, as soon as she arrived back at the scene, the windows in the girls' room exploded and blew out. And immediately after that had happened is when the first of the firefighters arrived. And he ran up to them and told them how his daughters were trapped in the house. And that his daughter's bedroom is where, the, where it was worst at. And then immediately the fireman that he had told radioed for the rescue teams to step on it. Eventually, more firemen showed up and immediately began to fight the fire. Uh, One of them actually tried to go inside, but failed because apparently he got hit by the hose and he slipped as he was trying to go in the window. So instead he went into the front... um, Where he noticed something strange. He said that he noticed that the fridge was in the fridge in the kitchen was blocking the back door. Obviously making it like impossible to get out during this. But um, Cameron Todd Willingham was obviously becoming more hysterical and was escorted behind a fire truck where police chaplain George Monaghan tried to calm him. He explained that Stacy left in the morning and how the screams from Amber had woke him up. He states, My little girl was trying to wake me up and tell me about the fire. I couldn't get my babies out. 
While this was going on, Amber was eventually seen being carried out and being given CPR. He then ran to her and eventually headed to the girls' room, but was restrained before he could reach it. According to Monaghan, we had to wrestle him and then handcuff him for his and our protection. I received a black eye, he also stated. But he had also been held back by one of the first responders on scene who said, based on what I saw and how the fire was burning, it would have been crazy for anyone to try and go into the house. Cameron was taken to the hospital, only to be told that, unfortunately, Amber had died to smoke inhalation. But it should also be noted that she was found in the master bedroom and that Cameron and Carmen were on the floor of their room, uh, both of which had been determined the same cause of death. This was a small town, so news spread fast. Uh, at the time, oil wells had dried up. It was... Uh, before they dried up, it was like a boom and down. But mm-hmm. they this had caused uh, many people to fall to poverty and closed many stores. And unfortunately, Cameron and Stacy had fallen victim to poverty as well. And while Cameron stayed home to take care of the baby, Stacy worked at a bar. And so due tough to, time. Yeah. And due to this, obviously, uh, funeral costs are not cheap, unfortunately. But the community worked together and helped out with that. But during the... In- what the fudge? During the beginning of the investigation, Cameron said, I know we might not ever know all of the answers, but I just like to know why my babies were taken from me. Douglas Fogg, at the time, was assistant fire chief. He started the investigation and Cameron had allowed them to search the house. Fogg grew up in Corsicana, Texas, which is where this took place. He joined the Navy, served as a medic in Vietnam, and had been a firefighter for 20 years when this case came up, and became a certified arson investigator, and has been quoted saying, you learn fire talks to you. This man and Manuel Vasquez, who was the deputy fire marshal, they, you'll see, they're not. They just, you know, they're okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're okay. (laughs) They're okay. Okay. Joined by Deputy Fire Marshal Manuel Vasquez, who says the fire tells the story. I am just the interpreter. And he's also been questioned under oath if he has ever made mistakes in a case and responded with, if I have, sir, I don't know. It's never been pointed out. And when they begin the investigation, they enter the home four days after the fire, working from least to most damaged. Um, Apparently, that's protocol when working Uh on arson cases. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, they took notes and photographs. But they went to the back door where the fridge was blocking blocking the door. door. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was enough space just for him to be able to squeeze in through the back door. 
And as soon as they walked into the kitchen, that's where they determined that's not where it started. Because it only had smoke and heat damage. But not fire damage. No. Okay. And that's how they knew that it was not, like, started in there. Overall, the house was small. 975 square feet. And after... I have no way to rationalize that. I don't know. I I, I can tell you either. I just... I just you can go... tell me the square footage, but it won't mean <laughs> anything to me. Yeah, same here. <clears throat> uh, Vasquez noticed, noted that there were photos of skulls and what he described as the Grim Reaper hanging in the utility room, which is, I'm assuming, the laundry room. Probably. Uh, next to the master bedroom, where they determined the damage was the same as the kitchen, where it was just mostly heat and smoke. Which means the fire did not start there either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would just like to stop and what does Skulls and the yeah. Grim Reaper have to do with anything? They're grasping. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that means anything. <clears throat> to what it the fire. really doesn't, but I mean, we'll continue. As they worked their way down towards uh, where they believed it started, they began to notice signs that the fire burned low uh, because there was deep charring on the base of the walls, puddle-shaped char patterns on the floor, and they followed a burn trailer, which is like, I guess like um, marks on the floor where you can see where the fire went crept yes i guess yeah i don't know how to explain it but yeah you get me Mm -hmm. hopefully so a trail of where the fire went yes uh the patch created by the fire led them to the girls room this is where they found more char patterns according to the article that i read which was the new yorker Uh uh-huh a flammable or combustible liquid doused on the floor will cause a fire to concentrate in these kinds of pockets, which is why investigators refer to them as pore patterns or puddle configurations. The fire went through carpet, tile, plywood, and the springs from the girls' beds turned white, indicating extreme heat damage. Vasquez called the scene not normal because it showed the floor having more damage than the ceiling. And he and I have it. I looked up pictures of this too. What did you say? I said and heat crawls up, don't it? Yeah, I I don't know. And I have these ready for Instagram and everything else. But so the fire stayed relatively low to the ground. Yes, is what they said. Um, Fog found crazed glass from one of the windows, which I guess it shows uh, the fire burned fast, which it creates a spider web type of look, and that the fire was fueled by a liquid accelerant, which is what he got from the crazed glass. Mm Mm-hmm. They noticed another burn trailer leading to the front door with more char marks and brown stains on the porch, leading to the, leading to them, leading them to, (laughs) (laughs) 
Leading yeah. to that. <laughs> okay. Leading them to believe more accelerant was used. Uh, they looked for a V-shape suit mark to help find exactly where the fire started. Uh, they determined it started in the hallway, the girls' room, and the front door. All three. That's so what. three separate fires? Um, I guess. Show me the floor plans again. Because you said hallway. So what they said is that it started in all three places. Oh, so it's... Okay, okay, I see. Yeah, so it started there, in the hallway, and the porch. Don't know how you can light three three fires at the same time. But, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this determination about the three places Uh led Vasquez to testify that multiple origins pointed to one conclusion. The fire was intentionally set by human hands. Mm -hmm. But if it starts in three separate places, you'd think three separate people or multiple people at least. Yeah, I don't really know what their thinking was, but whatever. Um, both Vasquez and Fogg came to the conclusion that someone poured accelerant and blocked the back door with the fridge. In short, they said the house was turned into an intentional death trap. Mm-hmm. They collected samples and sent them off to be examined for any type of accelerant. And the results reported one of the samples that was received and tested had mineral spirits, something commonly found in charcoal lighting. Lighter Did you fluid. Hear the sound he made? No. He's like, mm. <laughs> it's our little babies. We love our little baby kitties. He's a rat. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> anyway, uh, it had tested for mineral spirits, something commonly found in charcoal lighter fluid, which had been found by the front door. All this evidence led to Cameron Todd Willingham becoming the prime suspect because investigators considered this a triple homicide and he was the only other person inside with his children. Mm-hmm. Um, several people were interviewed. Were you going to say something? I was going to say, though I suppose if he had put lighter fluid in three separate places and like threw three separate matches, but he'd be really close to the fire. Yeah, and... I'm going to bring that up because at the beginning, he says that he ran out the front door because he couldn't take the smoke and the fire anymore. But they tried to... But they said that the fire started the front door, which doesn't make sense. How would he leave if that's where the fire started? Yeah. We'll get there. Um, Several people were interviewed and... 24, 24. I'm sorry. He was 24. Um, He was born January 9th, Uh 19th. He's 23 at the time of the offense, according to this. He's 24 when this is recorded. Oh, that's right. Okay, so he was 23 when the event happened, but he was 24 when he was arrested. Yeah. There we go. Uh, He was born January 9th, 1968 in Ardmore, Oklahoma. His mom abandoned him, and he was raised by his dad and eventually his stepmother. Um, as a teen, he began to sniff paint. At 17, Human Services evaluated him, said that he likes girls, music, fast cars. 
sharp trucks, swimming and hunting in that order. Eventually, he was arrested for DUI. Mm -hmm. Uh, He dropped out. He was caught stealing a bike and shoplifting. So, unfortunately, he didn't have the best track record when this happened. Um, On December 31st, which is... So, from the 23rd to the 31st, how many days is that? The 21st to the 23rd? 23rd to the 31st. 10 days? Okay, so about a week, week and a half later, he was brought in for questioning with both Fogg and uh, Vasquez present. And so the order of events that he says happened is that Stacy left at 9 a.m. for Christmas gifts because she uh, usually worked nights. And she immediately went to the Salvation Army to get presents for the girls right after work. Um, he had heard the babies crying. He gave them a bottle. And because of the whole finding Amber in his room thing, they had a baby gate in front of their room that could keep the twins in, but Amber could climb over it. So he's not sure if he had like missed her going into the room or if she went in after he fell asleep. Not sure. Um... But after he had given them the bottles, they just slept on the floor because I guess sometimes Stacy would let them sleep on the floor after having their bottles. And then the next thing, he hears Amber yelling for him and he wakes up. He says he yelled, oh God, Amber, get out, get out of the house, get out of the house. But he didn't know that she was in his room. He said, you couldn't see nothing but black. He said he crouched, almost crawling when he got to the girls' room. He stood up. And his hair caught on fire. And after he had put it out, he said, Oh, God, I never felt anything that hot before. Because, obviously, it's fire on his head. (laughs) He put his hair out. He was crawling around, feeling for his girls. And at one point, he thought that he had found one of them. But it turned out to be a doll. And then he said that he felt the heat getting to him. And he felt himself passing out. So he's found his way out to catch his breath. And that's when he told Diane to call the fire department. And he states he tried without success to enter the house. But unfortunately, there was no witnesses to corroborate this. Mm -hmm. So it's him against his own word. And then he was asked how the fire started. He said he didn't know, but that it probably started in the girls room because the flames were the worst in there. Uh, They did have three space heaters. Keep that in mind because the space heaters will come back later. Space heaters where? Did they say what specific rooms? Um, One in his room, one in the girls' room, which is very important. And I can't remember where the third one was. I'll have to go back and double check. But I'd assume living room. But that's just a guess. Yeah. But the way the house is laid out, I don't know. Um, He states that he taught Amber not to play with it. And she got whoopings every once in a while for messing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had an internal flame, but he didn't know if it was on at the time. To which Vasquez testified that it was in the off position. Saying that... It was turned off? Yeah, and that it couldn't have been the space heater that caused, that the, caused fire. the fire. Um, when asked about the motive for anyone, he said he didn't know anyone 
that cold-blooded. And then I quote, he said, I just don't understand why anybody would take them, you know. We had three of the most pretty babies anybody could have asked for. Um, and then he had brought up his on and off relationship with Stacy. But he said that the babies always brought them back together. Thinking of Amber. To tell you the honest to God's truth, I wish she hadn't woken me up. Is what he told both investigators. Uh, Fogg led the investigation and the interrogation. And at the time, Vasquez asked if he put shoes on in... Um, if he had put shoes on before before he left. Mm -hmm. And Cameron replied, no, sir. And then they placed a map in front of, like a blueprint of the house, in front of everyone on the table. And they asked if the way he left was through the front, which we're getting to your point, which he replied yes. And officers concluded he was the murderer from this answer. Because there was no way he could have gotten out with how the fire was. Mm -hmm. He would have some significant burns on his feet. However, he insists that the fire was still high up, so he didn't have to jump through anything. Vasquez says Willingham started the fire as he was leaving. First in the kids' room, then hallway, leading to the door. Vasquez said, he told me a story of pure fabrication. He just talked, and he talked, and all he did was lie. However, there was still no clear motive. The girls did have life insurance plans, but it only equaled to 15000 for all three of them, and Stacy's grandfather was the main beneficiary. Mm -hmm. So that I do want to say with this layout, it's a little spooky that they have all three of their kids in a room that's at uh, the front of the house. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's the true crime. Yeah, mess. that's. <laughs> but as far um, as it is the biggest bedroom. Stacy didn't believe that he had did this because she always stated that if he, well, she stated that he abused her, but he never, never abused the, the kids. kids. Yeah, and she even said that if anybody would be dead, it would be her. Mm -hmm. But she'll eventually go back to what she thinks happened. Uh, eventually, they declared him a man without a conscience. Serial crimes had only gotten worse. Like he went from his little basic shoplifting to murdering his to triple three, homicide. Yes, is what they're trying to say. Um, John Jackson was the district attorney. At the time, and he was assigned to prosecute. And he considered Cameron Todd Willingham an utterly sociopathic individual. And his daughters were in the way of his lifestyle of drinking. Because he was an alcoholic. And they tried to say that his daughters kept him from that. And kept him from mm -hmm. being unfaithful. Whatever. Uh, two weeks later, on January 8th, 1992... Cameron Todd Willingham and Stacy were driving and SWAT stopped them. Guns guns ablazing. 
and they arrested him on the spot for the murder. He was charged with murder and immediately qualified for the death penalty because there were multiple victims and that, I guess, qualifies you in the under Texas law. Um, Jackson was opposed because he didn't think it stopped criminals and that it was a waste of money. It was actually $2.3 million to execute one prisoner, which is three times the cost of housing them. Uh, yeah, 40 years in prison. He says, what's the recourse if you make a mistake? His boss, Bachelor, said certain people who commit bad enough crimes give up the right to live. Um, I don't really have much to say about the death penalty because that's a that's a separate topic. Yes. Willingham was assigned to two state lawyers because he couldn't afford his own. Uh, when he was arrested, he had an inmate, Johnny Webb who told authorities that he confessed to using some kind of lighter fluid, squirting it around the walls and the floor, and set fire. Saying that Cameron Todd Willingham confessed to him that he murdered his three daughters. And because of this confession, it was an airtight case. So, okay, he's the only witness to this confession, but it's an airtight case now. One and, witness. Yeah. Word of mouth. From an inmate. From another inmate. He'll come back later too, don't Yeah, worry. no, I'm just saying they don't suspect that he's trying to catch a lesser sentence or something. They have their mindset already, unfortunately. Uh, but those who thought he was guilty were opposed to the death penalty. And they didn't want a trial because of how long trials can take. But Cameron Todd Willingham was offered life in prison instead of the death penalty if he pled guilty. Um, his two lawyers that he was provided were David Martin and Robert Dunn. They were both pleased to avoid the death penalty and they had tried to convince him to plead guilty, but he refused. His lawyers had little doubt he did it and knew a jury would find him guilty. Everyone thinks defense lawyers must believe their clients are innocent, but that's seldom true, Martin said. Most of the time, they're guilty as sin. All the evidence showed he was 100% guilty, and that was one of his lawyers saying this. I'm not saying he did or didn't do it. But I don't think 100% certainty either way. On either side of guilty or not guilty. But that's just me. You don't think he deserves the death penalty? Is that what no, you I'm saying... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying I don't think they can say with 100% certainty whether he did or did not do it. Oh, yeah. Because the evidence that they're talking about... I don't know how they say it finds him 100% guilty in any way, but that's just me. I'm not an arson investigator certified. Um, obviously, he refused the offer and remained his innocence 
his father and his stepmother went to see him and his father said don't plead guilty if he's not but his stepmother thought otherwise he is quoted saying i ain't gonna plead to something i didn't do especially killing my own kids and then his refusal led the prosecution and defense lawyers to believe that he was a killer because of this statement of him not being not wanting to plead guilty automatically shows that he's a killer and that he did this. In August in August of 92, that's when the trial began. Uh Vasquez accused Willingham of starting the fire to kill the little girls. Quote unquote. But defense couldn't find reliable fire experts. Anyway, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the defense team couldn't find reliable fire experts. Yeah. yeah, fire experts or any that were willing to testify testify and support his case. Um, and they only had one witness, which was their babysitter, who who didn't find him guilty. And unfortunately, this trial only lasted two days. Which is intense. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Jackson said puddle configurations were confessions. And then this man. He used a Bible that he found in the home. And he quoted a verse from the Gospel of Matthew. Whomsoever shall harm one of my children... Is better for a millstone to be hung around his neck and for him to be cast in the sea. Sometimes I really cannot understand what I write. <laughs> I mean, I could tell. I can read it from here and you're struggling. <laughs> but I, I don't know what the Bible has to do with this other than it, he found it at the house. Yeah, so he found the Bible and then he found the pictures of the skulls and the Grim Reaper and automatically, you know. Reminds me of that meme where it's like, my sister-in-law died in a house fire, but the Bible on her bedside table, not a scratch. Work of the <laughs> Lord. And it's like, someone died, Beverly. So that reminds me of, like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's... It was during the time of satanic panic. So, I mean, you know, you know how that stuff goes. This was only deliberated with the jury for about an hour and immediately they, they found him guilty. And to end this part of the story, according to Vasquez, the fire does not lie. And Vasquez is one of the... Is a fire expert. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. I don't know. As of right now, they definitely wanted to just... They had their sights set. And even in the movie Trial by Fire, there is um, a quote in there that they say they had their minds made up that he was guilty before they even stepped in to the house. Which... I mean, it happens quite a bit. Unfortunately. And 
uh, before he was executed, he says that too. He says that it's not just him that this happens to, but, you know, we have a legal system, not a justice system, so. (sighs) That's a hot take. (laughs) And we're going to end on that note. Okay. Take everything with a grain of salt, and we will be back for hopefully just a part two. And we're going to talk about his time incarcerated, the people who don't believe he's guilty, um, and everything leading up to his execution. And with more evidence that comes to light, maybe maybe people are going to have their opinion on whether or not he's guilty. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Tiddle. Goodbye. <laughs> I gotta go. Okay, stay tuned. Bye.